takes on the gridiron with Big Sean and Seawall. Week three, college football is kicking off this week, and uh, because the SEC is playing, and uh, you know, everyone, everything <laughs> revolves around the Southeastern Conference. But <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But football's been back for a while now. Uh, we got week three of NFL, and uh, I'm pretty excited about uh, the SEC kicking off. Yeah, man. Uh, you know, he, he said earlier we talked about the nitty gritty, and he, I said, Sean, you're not talking about the Big Ten, right? But as you guys know, we're big, uh, we're big SEC guys, and uh, we also have some of our favorite teams in the SEC. And that's honestly, we sh- we could make this an SEC podcast if we wanted to. But I uh, know we're really excited. We got a lot of good content for you guys this week. I think actually uh, this week uh, has some of the best content we've had this season. Don't you think, Sean? Oh yes, I agree. I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and just break it down for them what we got going on today. Nice, but man. uh. So uh, segment one, obviously, we're going to do our college football and everything, and we're also going to predict our winners of the SEC in the East and the West, and we've got some uh, quarterback analysis uh, coming up in the, this, uh, this <laughs> segment here. We're going to pick between uh, two quarterbacks, uh, and it's going to be pretty exciting, and we got a couple games we're going to be talking <laughs> about as well, and then uh, moving on to the second segment, we got our uh, NFL and fantasy and talking about the meltdown that I had uh, last night and two nights ago. Uh, it was pretty – That's going to be good to talk pretty, about. Pretty tragic. <laughs> but uh, And we'll talk about – I think me and Colton are actually scheduled to play this yes, week. So we that'll are. be a fun little rivalry. And then, obviously, our third segment, we will uh, – Bring in the diesel as always, and he's been doing pretty good. I think he mentioned to me that he was he's been eight and four on play uh, football play since he's been on the pod. So pretty good. We'll bring him in for segment three, and then uh, we got a little special hint at the end. We're going to be talking about our f- uh, favorite game day meals. So oh, I like it. I like it, man. I didn't even see that until just now, and I'm excited. I'm have to do that on the fly, man. Oh yeah, I like it. Well, do you want to – I think I'm going to let you go ahead and kick it off. Who do you got? Yeah, uh, man. Uh, who do you like this year in the SEC? Yeah, so I'll be honest. Like, you know, we, we've talked about a lot in the past for everybody, and I think everyone already knows this, but it's already kind of an interesting season. You know, we if this was traditional, you know, SEC conference play, we would have started two to three weeks ago. Shoot, we already have one SEC, you know, conference games out of the way, you know, because that usually happens earlier on in the season. Uh, but we don't have that right now going into this week. So there's still a lot of question marks uh, with a lot of these teams. And, you know, we can still kind of have a good idea of what teams are going to look like based on where they're at from last year to this year, who they lost, who they follow up with. Um, you know, and it's still a lot of fun to kind of analyze what each team's bringing to the table and how we can, you know, go through that and pick that apart. Uh, what are their strengths? What are their weaknesses and all that? Um, for me, uh, I'll start with the SEC West. It's going to be very interesting this year in the SEC West. I think, you know, you can't, <laughs> I'm beyond, honest, you can't overlook Alabama ever, right? They, uh, an off year for them is an 11-win season, and that was that was them last year, and I think they're they're primed to kind of go ahead and uh, with Mac Jones at the helm this year and because uh, he looked like the real deal last year at the end of the season. Uh, I honestly, I have Alabama winning the SEC West, and uh, I'm pretty sure to say, uh, it's safe to say that with their track record and don't get me wrong there's still a lot of good teams you have the defending champs uh this you know coming back from lsu 
they they still a have a lot of talent. Riding off LSU, and, and you know what? And I do. I am going to join that. I think deservedly well. so, though. You know, they, they'll they'll still have a lot of talent, right? I mean, it's LSU, and uh, but it's just when you lose a guy like Burrow, and you lose a lot of those coaches that they did uh, to other places. It's Jamar just, Chase opting out. Jamar Chase, exactly. Jamar Chase opting out. That's their number one receiver. Uh, already losing Justin Jefferson from last year. It's just they're losing a lot of weapons. And when you're when it, you win a national championship, obviously a lot of people have high expectations for you, but it's one of those things where, hey, man, like <laughs> they had, they lost a lot. So, and you can't forget about Auburn. You know, Auburn, you know, I know my, my co-host loves the Tigers, but they have a lot of talent as well. I mean, you got you got a lot of talented receivers on that team, and you have a lot of potential on a young quarterback still coming into the sophomore season. So uh, I think the West is going to be really fun to watch this year. It's always really tough, and everyone knows that. Uh, but I'm going to go with Alabama for my West. Uh, and, you know, for the East, has been very tough for me personally to pick. Uh, the safe pick, I would say, would be Georgia. Uh, but the thing is, man, Georgia's kind of in that same boat where, you know, you think they have a lot of talent coming in, uh, but they've also lost a lot as well, man. And it's just uh, – and I, and I hate to let my bias play here a little bit, but, man, the Florida Gators are returning a lot of talent. There's no question marks on the offensive line anymore. Uh, you got a guy like Kyle Trask where it's going to be interesting to see what he does this year. And we'll, we'll get into the quarterback analysis later. Uh, what he can bring to the table. So I'm going to go with the Florida Gators to win my SEC East this year. And I promise you, I'm not bringing bias into it. I'm trying not to. I just think that they have a lot of talent across the board. And a lot of the East teams are a little bit a little bit more weak than the West teams. And I think Florida has a lot on their uh, on their roster. So I'm going to go with Florida to win the East for me. Go Gator! <laughs> don't, do the, don't do the Gator bait now. No. <laughs> uh, no, but for me, it's... Uh... I uh, I, I kind of I flew out some uh, contenders for each division. Obviously, for the East, I flew out Florida and Georgia as the top contenders. Obviously, to lead the surge in pre pre preseason, and then you know I threw in Alabama, Auburn, A and M uh, for that. Obviously, LSU on the outside, mm-hmm. but they can still be good. Um, but for me, when it comes down to it, uh, I'm looking at one team in the East this year, and I think uh, I think they're going to win the East with one loss. And the one loss is going to be to my Auburn Tigers. <laughs> so I'm going with the Kentucky Wildcats. Oh, the my gosh. They're, they're, uh, no, they're returning, no, 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 no. Uh, they're returning a lot of people. I think 16 starters are coming back for the Kentucky Wildcats. And uh, they uh, the, the two crossover games is Auburn. And then I can't remember who the next one is, but I know it's pretty, pretty, pretty okay for them to – to, to win, and then you got the two games in the East. I think Georgia's a th- three-loss team this year, yeah, personally. I don't think they're going to do very hard. I don't, I don't see them uh, being able to uh, perform as well. Whatever. But I do think the Kentucky-Florida game will decide the East, uh, and whoever wins that will come out. But That's a bold take, am, man. I'm, I'm, leaning, I'm leaning Kentucky Wildcats and uh, Terry Wilson Jr. here. Yep, I mean, Terry, Terry Wilson had this team man. about 6-0. and um, Obviously, he needs to improve his, uh, with his arm and everything. But going on the West um, – I think this is uh, this is pretty tough uh, to pick from. A lot of people. I saw the votes today, uh, the pre-polling, wherever they had Texas A&M getting like two first-place votes for the West, and I mean, I feel like this is an every every year thing for for, for Texas A&M. It's just it's starting to get exhausting with some of these teams <laughs> like like Tennessee and Texas A&M. It's our it's our year kind of thing, <laughs> and it always pans out. You know, they end up four and zero, and then they lose uh, four out of their last seven or whatever. But um, 
I think I'm just going to stay true to what is more likely going to be the eventual uh, answer, and it's going to be the Alabama Crimson yeah, Tide yeah. Uh, and Nick Saban leading them to another uh, SEC championship game. So so let's get this straight. you got Florida, Alabama. I've got Kentucky, Alabama, so we can remember this uh, 11 weeks from now, yeah, 10 man, weeks we'll from see. now. We'll so. see. You know, I'll, I'll be, and real quick, I know we have time limitations here, but I'll be honest, man. I think Kentucky's not a bad pick. I mean, they you're right. They do have a lot of talent. Um, and Kentucky's only seemed to be getting stronger with each season. Uh, so we'll see what they can put together. I mean, the East is definitely a little bit easier division to be in than the SEC. I think everyone can agree on that for the most part than the West. Um, I mean, for my three, it would have to be Florida, Georgia, and Kentucky. But, you know, we'll have to wait and see what happens. Yeah. Well, I, we got a, we got about like a minute and 45 seconds before we can we have to move on. And uh, But I want to mention this, too. I want to mention – um, these teams, you know, most of all these SEC teams are used to lining up week one, the majority of them, mm-hmm. not all of them. Yeah. Uh, some people schedule some tough games on week one, but majority of them line up against Alabama A&M and, you know, the Citadel and all these teams. They get to prepare for week one and uh, get the get the rustiness off. Right. Some teams, you know, they, this, this this is not how you're entering your first game of the season. You're playing an SEC squad. Like, that's just – that's that's going to be rough, and I, I'm, I'm really interested to see uh, how the teams are going to – to take this on and everything. Yeah, so. and, and, and just to follow up on Sean on that is, too, you'll see when we go through our game analysis, I'm sure Sean will be a little hesitant with some of these spreads because the thing is, uh, two of the SEC slots that we picked, it's the games, the spreads are a little bit, they're a little bit, you know, for me they're stinky, I'm going to be honest, because uh, one of the games, I'm not trying to get ahead, but you had a 14-and-a-half spread on one of these games. And to me, when you're a team in the SEC and you're playing another conference opponent, that's a very tough usually, and you haven't played a football game in a year. I mean, that's it's tough to knock off some of that rust without that game time experience. And there's a reason teams kind of try to schedule you know, just an easier opponent that first week so you get that, that game juice flowing for those players because it's tough. And so I think it's going to be really interesting this week in football. You're going to see what teams are really made of and what, what they have from the, you know, if they have the depth and if they have that, those reps in camp, if they really, are they going to live up to the potential that they have this season? You'll really see that in this first week, so. No, I agree. All right, we're gonna we're gonna move on. We're gonna pick up. We're gonna pick our quarterbacks here. Who we rather favor in uh, these matchups? But we got about five minutes on this, and then we'll go into five minutes into our analysis. But uh, the first matchup you'll find interesting is uh, Alabama's quarterback Mac Jones or Kyle Trask. Who are you picking? Yeah, so this, I'll be honest, of the, so we have actually six quarterbacks we're going to talk about in this segment right here, and and of the six, these two head-to-head to me was the toughest decision, honestly, because you have two guys right here like Mac Jones and Kyle Trask where they didn't, this time last year, we weren't talking about these two guys, right? It was all about Tua on Alabama side, and then you're talking about Felipe Franks on Florida side. So when you when it comes down to a year later and you see what all all the events that happened last year, Mac Jones came into you know Alabama's offense with two going down as a you know with the injury, and then Kyle Trask comes into Florida's offense with the same thing. Felipe Franks goes down with an injury, and it's things that obviously you can't predict. But to be honest with you, I think they both looked fantastic coming in, and obviously there's still room for improvement for both of these guys. 
Um, and, and what makes them so dangerous last year was they were guys that didn't have a lot on tape, right? So your defenses are coming in, you're scheming for a guy like Tua, and you're scheming for a guy like Felipe Franks. Well, then you throw in a guy like Mac Jones and Kyle Trask, and it completely changes the entire dynamic of the offense and the play calling. I mean, if you know anything about football, you know that's true, right? So um, for me, though, uh, and and again, this is not biased. Uh, Sean just picked a lot of a lot about the Florida because we're in the SEC this week, you know. So I, I have to go with Kyle Trask, and I, I'll be honest with you, all day at work today, I'm thinking, man, I'm going Mac Jones, I'm going Mac Jones. But when I think about what Kyle Trask did, it was so much of a great feat for him to come in and not play football for all those seasons since his freshman year of high school to come into the SEC and to beat a good Auburn team at home to come back and, and lead a team to another 10 to 11 win season that's impressive man you can't you can't overcome that and let's be honest there was there were more weapons with Jerry Judy and Henry Ruggs on Alabama's offense last year than the weapons Florida have and I'm not, and I'm not taking anything away from Freddie Swain and you know Co, uh, Jacob Copeland who's a guy who's returning this year but it's just things that I feel like Mac Jones had a better offensive scheme laid out for him and the players in front of him to help him be more successful than Kyle Trask did. That's just my opinion, of course. Uh, but I think they're both tremendous quarterbacks, but I'm going to go with Trask on that one. Okay, all right. You know, I listed out some uh, pros and cons for this first matchup. And uh, for Mac Jones, I listed uh, coaching. Um, you know, Nick Saban's mm-hmm. one of the best. I think uh, – he uh, really, really performs. I mean, you saw that video the other day where he pretty much named, named the entire uh, defense. <laughs> by name the entire Missouri defense and numbers. That's impressive. And said what they're good at and what he expects from them. But uh, Mac Jones actually throws a pretty accurate ball. If you uh, last year, he I think he completed over like seventy percent of his passes. He uh, started four games yeah. for two due to injury, and uh, he went three and one. His one loss was uh, against Auburn, where he put up forty two points. Yep. But. Uh, you know, his offensive line is pretty good, too, as well. Um, Alabama's always credited to having a pretty good offensive line. Yeah. Where sometimes, you know, Florida – I think actually Florida's going to have a pretty experienced offensive line this year, uh, contradicting, you know, the past two years. Yep. So, uh, this cons, uh, Mac Jones, the cons are obviously, you know, a limited experience, mm-hmm. uh, only playing four games and everything. But uh, let's move over to Kyle Trask, where I have some I have some pros for Kyle, Kyle Trask, surprisingly. But um, <laughs> Why do you have to say surprisingly? <laughs> One of them, one of them is the one of the pros is, I mean, seven years of college football practice. I mean, that's, I mean, you cannot, I mean, you can, I mean, that's, I mean, that's incredible. I mean, that's you have so much room for growth in seven years of college football practice. Um, yeah, obviously he does. He's surrounded by great coaching and too. Dan Mullen's known very well for uh, his uh, quarterback guruing. But um, some cons that I, I've noticed about Kyle Trask and after looking up a little bit today, um, you know, he's. He, he kind of he, – he will force a pass yeah. every now and then, and he does take too many sacks, in my opinion, where he, he, he kind of just, like, wants someone to get open instead of throwing the ball away. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, that's, that's a learning curve that, that takes place. But his arm strength kind of bothers me as well. So whether or not – like, he, he can throw an accurate ball, but sometimes when it takes that little more oomph to get in that spot, I mean, that's what I'm looking forward to Kyle Trask this year. But like you said, I think uh, – Mac Jones is surrounded by better weapons, obviously uh, presented to him some uh, more opportunities. So I'm taking Mac Jones and uh, this little better quarterback uh, duel here. Well, uh, we have Bo Nix and Kellen Mond now. Yeah, so, man. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make this real easy. <laughs> okay. Kellen Mond is a bum. Yeah. <laughs> a bonafide bum. 
I mean, uh, how many chances do you get to, to – I mean, how many times – the last two years it's been, oh, watch out for Kellen Mond, watch out for Kellen Mond. And he's an 8-4 eight and four, eight and five quarterback every single year. I mean, yeah. Bonex comes in, wins freshman of the year, and leads his team to nine. He's a nine-win team. I think they went nine and four or something like that. Yeah, but eight and five, actually. Obviously, I mean, I have one thing listed under Bonex. He's a winner. He's just a winner, man. <laughs> I mean, you can't, you can't. It's DNA. It's in his DNA. But man, I'm going Bonex. He couldn't beat the Gators, man. I guess he's not that great of a winner. <laughs> but it's, you know, I'm not gonna say anything. I'm just gonna be honest. But um, you know, this was a this was a little bit easier pick for me. I think they were both very good quarterbacks. They're both very talented. I think there's more potential in Bo Nix than a Kellen Mond at this point because obviously Kellen Mond's been at Texas a a little bit longer than uh, Bo Nix has been at Auburn, right? And Bo Nix has a lot of room for growth in uh, Gus Malzahn's offense offense right but to me for a guy like Mon have a stat here that I found on the internet today just researching a little bit about these quarterbacks Mon accounted for two-thirds of AM's total offense in 2019 which by the way he was the second highest individual in the share in the SEC only behind Joe Burrow which if we all can go over Joe Burrow's season and the SEC last season it was probably the best college football quarterback uh season anybody's had. I don't think that's the best stat. He was, by the way, the most efficient quarterback in college football, and behind him was Tua Tagalolova, and I'm talking the most efficient quarterback of all time. So for Mon to account for two-thirds of AM's total offense, that's telling you right there, we talk about weapons, right? We talk about guys that you have around you. Uh, that's that's going to make your life a little bit easier as a quarterback, right? And I'm not taking any way th- anything away from AM. Uh, I think Fisher's got a great offensive scheme laid out for them, but I just think that Mon has a lot more riding on his shoulders than maybe a Bo Nix does when you have you know, when you have a lot of talent around you uh, at Auburn because I mean think think about the uh, the talent that Auburn has you got def- Seth Williams is definitely one of the best receivers in college football it's no question Anthony Schwartz is de- definitely among the fastest and Eli Stowe is probably the best third receiver on that depth chart if anybody in the SEC Anthony Schwartz um, Anthony Schwartz needs to get off well the team. well sorry Auburn fan he's still a very talented receiver you can't say that that's not true well, he needs to stay uh, on the track well okay well he's a very fast kid and he's He's very talented, and I'm surprised I'm having to have an argument with an Auburn fan about their own player, who's where the talent is obviously clear. <laughs> but regardless, I, you know, Bo Nix for me, he's just gonna prove more to me. I, I think he's a very talented. He obviously is a proven runner. Uh, I still. Uh, think that the Oregon game last year could have completely been a different story uh, if that defensive back plays just a little bit better because that was not the greatest pass at the end, in my opinion. And I still am just not sold on the kid. I don't know, man. And maybe he can prove me wrong this year. I watched him live in Gainesville. He didn't impress me then. I wa- I've watched him throughout the season last year. The best game he had was against Alabama at the end of the season. So if he could continue that kind of play uh, into this next season, then maybe I'll change my mind. But I'm going to go with Kellen Mond on this. I just think Mond has a little bit more talent over Bo Nix at this point. So, Yeah, I mean, he only won the freshman of the year in the best conference in college football. Yeah, so, no um, problem. I mean, but, uh, all right, we're, we're, running, we're running really, really behind. We have about two minutes left in this segment, but so we got to hurry up. Nah, we don't uh, have to hurry up. We're good, man. <laughs> yes, we do. Yes, We, we can't have the episodes going extremely, extremely long. But uh, real quick, we got Spencer Rattler, Derek King. Uh, I'm giving the nod here to Derek King. Um, I just I like his athleticism, and honestly, I like I like him in Miami. I think he kind of fits the mold of a Miami quarterback. He throws a great ball. Uh, Spencer Rattler, you know, very inexperienced, uh, hasn't much shown. He's played one one or two games, but uh, I like Derek King and his athleticism here. And uh, really, honestly, for this season, yeah. Uh- 
disagree. Uh, I'm going with Spencer Rattler here. I think he's going to continue the Oklahoma trend of good quarterbacks. You've already seen in his first game that he, you know, he may have liked that experience, but the kid's are really talented. He still has to prove a lot to, you know, to me. Uh, I have to watch him play the rest of the season in the Big 12, but I think the kid's got a lot of potential. So I'm going to go with Spencer Rattler here. Okay. All right. All right, we're going to do our game analysis now. I guess we can, we're can. we going to extend uh, the segment by three minutes. At <laughs> Sean, y'all can hear in his voice, man. Sean, he's stressing this, man. We're just hanging out talking about football, aren't we, gentlemen, right? We're good, guys. Yeah, but man, we like to stay within the 20-minute range <laughs> of uh, segment. So uh, it's, a, it's a, little bund- a little bundle, but uh, we're going to go to game analysis here. So uh, our first game is going to be Florida at Ole Miss. Florida uh, is a 14-and-a-half-point favorite. We're not going to pick the games right now. We're just kind of expressing what, what needs to happen for – these teams to win, but Ole Miss for me, you know, uh, the lane train is at Ole Miss now, and I think his explosive offense obviously has to be really efficient to win this game. And the next thing I mentioned earlier is make Kyle Trask uncomfortable in the pocket, mm-hmm. and uh, keep Florida in second and third and long. Don't allow them to run the ball on uh, second and short, third and short. They could do anything in second and five, third and five. So keep them in second, third and long, and then UF obviously. Number one priority is protecting Trask, making sure he has a pocket to throw in. And um, I'd like the uh, Florida defense to be really aggressive on first down, you know, creating negative plays on first downs. That way, uh, you know, uh, Plumlee can't uh, scurry around on second and short and third and short and running for first downs. Yep. But uh, I'm also looking for uh, Pitts to dominate this game, the tight end. Yep, yeah, he's a stud. I mean, we already know that, but – um, for me, Ole Miss, uh, you know, for, for them to be very successful in this game, I think it's got to get a passing game going along with the running element that they already have. We know they have a lot of talent when it comes to running. You saw that with Rich Rodriguez last year. Now you got a guy like Jeff Levy coming in to run the attack for these guys, right? And I think he can, if you get the ball to Elijah Moore in this game as much as you can, as well as implementing, you know, some of those QB runs that they have and they've done in the past with the athletic guys that they have. And it, and it doesn't matter who is at the QB position. I believe both guys they have there can get it done. Uh, I think that they can have a lot of success against the uh, Florida front seven if they can get that going. And even for Ole Miss on defense, like you know, Sean said it perfectly, this pass rush was actually pretty good last year. I think that it, it should be excellent again this year, um, in my opinion, if I, did, if I had to you know, make a prediction now. And if they get that pass rush going against a Florida offensive line that's kind of been you know, lackluster in the past couple seasons, they'll have a lot of success. For Florida, it's going to come down to their offense, uh, I believe, to be the decider of this game. Because let's say a guy like Trask comes in and does struggle, then you know that's going to obviously impede the entire offense uh, when you don't have a, good, a quarterback who's getting the ball to the receiving core. Um, and you know, in that case, if the offensive line can't protect him, then he won't be able to do that. Um, and I, I think they also need to look to kind of get the ground game going as well to open up that pass game for Trask to get him comfortable in the game early on. Because um, we know the Florida defense is going to be stacked again this year. They've got a lot of talent returning, and their secondary is one of the best in football, and it always has been in the past. So um, I think Ole Miss can make this game very, very close. I really do. So we'll, we'll go and pick these games later, but we'll see what happens. All right, next one we got uh, Kentucky at Auburn. Uh, who you got real quick? Yeah. Well, not who you got, yeah. but what do you think is going to yeah, happen you know, in this game? I think this have? game, for me, Kentucky is definitely going to be an issue. <laughs> For, for Auburn this game I really do like Sean second I mean Kentucky is a good pick to win in East they're 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 they have a lot of talent returning and not a lot of people are talking about them because everyone obviously the Georges and the Floridas kind of overshadow Kentucky and they in the past they haven't had a lot of success right but they return a lot of talent um, and you know I think with Knicks coming back I, I think if you can get 
Um, Nick's uncomfortable a little bit. You control the tempo on offense. Uh, get that running game going. Get let Terry Wilson kind of you know change you know the schemes and the packages a little bit and, and mix it up with him. Uh, I think man, Kentucky can have a lot of success here. But for Auburn, you gotta open up that offense. Uh, I think Kentucky has a decent secondary, secondary, but I think the Tigers can really take the game right away with a few scores in the very beginning. Kind of ha- control the momentum from the beginning, and uh, once that Gus Malzahn offense kind of gets going, as we've seen in the past, they're very hard to stop. So it's just a matter of which two will happen. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, I, I'm with you there. Um... Kentucky, um, they return a lot of people, as I mentioned earlier. I think that's a pro for them. And then uh, I also think they need to run the ball very well against this young, um, new defensive line makeshift for Auburn, who actually I think is still going to be pretty strong despite living uh, Derek Brown and uh, Marlon Davidson. But uh, Terry Wilson, you know, he has to be able to throw the ball downfield and make sure those uh, DBs and receivers and everything, you know, he's got to spread back, spread back the safeties, make sure they're not coming up and playing the run game as much. But with Auburn, you know, you got to make Terry Wilson beat you with his arm. That's yeah, just how it has to sure. be. And uh, Auburn's run game, you know, I think Auburn's run game is really key mm-hmm. here. Uh, they really need to wear on the, the Wildcats' defense with DJ Williams, Tank Bisbee, and Sean Shivers. Yep. They all bring a different element of the game. And then, obviously, uh, my boy Bo Nix needs to play with confidence and, you know, make the easy throws. The easy throws are what wins you football games. So, with that being said um, – we're going to move on to our next game, and it's going to be the uh, game day matchup with Florida State at Miami, an old rivalry. Miami's favorite by 11 points. Uh, we can do this real quick. I'm going to do mine about 15, 20 seconds. Okay. So, uh, FSU, um, I'm looking for discipline. <laughs> and I really, if they want to win, I Good don't luck. think they need to start James Blackman. I don't think they need to start James Blackman if they want to win. Yep. And uh, they need to create more big plays than Miami. Yep. And then Miami, of course, you know, I'm all for them taking take shots all game uh, with De'Ara King and the run game. And, you know, Miami defense needs a forced turnover. Yep. I think Miami continued that fantastic run game that they've shown in their past couple of games because it's been a, different, a you know, difference maker for them. Uh, I definitely want to get De'Ara King uh, as many opportunities to make plays as I can if I'm Miami. And for Florida State, uh, you know, I'm pre- if I'm mistaken, I'm pretty sure Mike Norvell is going to be out from this game with COVID. Um, if I'm not mistaken, I could be wrong, Sean. No, you're right. And uh, and that's going to be a big. I'm sorry, that's already another downer right there for the Seminoles. That's already starting off a season pretty pretty tough. And uh, you know, but it'll be can the team rally after that defeat? After all that scrutiny they face, can they rally? Um, can Blackman show up, man? I do think Blackman can be good. I really do. But but will we see that? I do not know. So. Um, you know, love to see what happens. It's a great rivalry game, so. No, for sure. We got some good football games this week, but uh, let's go talk about some uh, NFL and fantasy. Let's football. do it, man. All right, it's time to talk about NFL and fantasy this week, and uh, I kind of don't want to talk about it, but uh, we kind of have to <laughs> because it is a podcast and we are keeping people up to date on our uh, <laughs> new fantasy league that we started this year. But anyways, um, I guess I'll just go ahead and kick it off how uh, my fantasy team did this past week. Uh, did fairly well. I scored 176 points, um, you know, and I think 90% of the time when you score 176, you probably should win, right? Oh, for sure. And uh, But that wasn't the case because uh, – who I played this past week, some of you might know, um, Mr. Diesel. <laughs> he, uh, he had Russell and Kamara go for 
Whoa, 88 points? 68 points, wow. I think it was. Yeah. I think it's 88 or 68. No, it was 88. No, it was 68. It was 68 points to beat me. So, Goodness um, gracious. That was pretty crushing. Um, Kamara was literally took the role of Michael Thomas um, with him being out. He caught like seven or eight balls, had two touchdowns, and really just destroyed me. But it was pretty unlucky. But uh, some standouts I had on my team uh, this past week were Kyler Murray again. Kyler Murray is really um, – going to be a shining star this year for fantasy teams he's able to run the ball very well and uh mm-hmm. he scored 32 and then my boy calvin ridley um just keeps dominating i think he's got the he's tied for the league lead in touchdowns with receivers and he's leading the league in yards so mm-hmm. those uh those were my standouts this week and then i i've got you uh i've got you this week in our in our fantasy league so that'll be interesting yeah, and uh you know, I've got some key additions coming back, and uh, including Chris Godwin. He's coming yeah, back, and I can put one. him in the lineup. And then uh, some additions I'm adding. I'm gonna I'm gonna let uh, Devontae Parker start for Raheem Mostert. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mostert's not playing this week, so I'm putting Devontae Parker in. And then I picked up the Chargers D on the waiver wire mm-hmm. because the Ravens are playing the Chiefs, and some would expect a lot of points, but. That's what two and two and one's coming soon. Yeah, well, we'll see about that. I uh, before we get into our matchup, I'll go over some of my really good guys this week. I had two really, I had probably two of the biggest fantasy winners of the week, in my opinion. I had Aaron Jones in this league, uh, who a guy. It was a guy who I was very iffy on drafting in our dynasty league. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, he is 25 years old, so he's still got a good five years to develop into. And, and when I say develop, he's developed. Don't get me wrong, but I'm saying to give me five good value seasons at running back, because you know running back doesn't play until he's 40, and the NFL is just too physical, right? So he'll give me a good five years in this dynasty league, and, we'll, and with a good Green Bay offense, he'll be great. But he put up 45 points for me, uh, and he was definitely probably the highest scoring running back this past week, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so he was probably one of the biggest wins for me, and finally. Tyler Higby showed up to play, and he was a guy I was also very. I told you iffy he was going to be the and future. You, and you know what? I will. I'll give Sean a pat on the back because I remember I was drafting Tyler Higby. I have him in a couple. I think I have him. I have. By the way, guys, I have five leagues. I highly recommend to never be in five leagues ever because you'll have guys on one of your teams that you'll have in another league, and you're going up against him, and that's just an issue. Uh, and I love fantasy, and I and I, I I like to think I'm pretty good at you know developing a fantasy team. But when it comes down to it, you just don't want to be in that many leagues. So that's off topic. But Tyler Higby did very well for me. Three touchdown uh, catches. I mean, there's that's not much more you can do and be happy about that, right? I mean, he did fantastic. He obviously will not do that every week. Uh, a guy that I was very disappointed in this week was Devontae Adams. Uh, you know, a guy who did very well week one, obviously. They said he was injured, you know, and that's what kind of – He did. He left the game yeah, early. Yeah, he left the game early. And, you know, that's not necessarily on him, but – um, I was very disappointed because when you when you get a guy like Devontae Adams with one of your first picks, you expect him to come in each week, and we'll get more into injuries later on in this in this segment. But um, I was a little disappointed with him, and uh, even I'll be honest with you, Robert Woods, I was a little disappointed in him, and he's my flex. Uh, and you, you know, I could say I'm disappointed with the old Deshaun Watson, but he has gone up against two pretty tough defenses the last two weeks, and uh, that's probably why his production has been a little bit more lackluster than it should be. I do think Deshaun Watson will still finish out as a top five, top six fantasy quarterback. I just do when you when he can run or it. because he doesn't have anyone. To throw uh, yeah, exactly. And I was going to say that next. You know, he doesn't have D Hop this year, so maybe that's another reason why. Because everyone's expecting Will Fuller to kind of be that guy, and you know, week one he. Will Fuller did very good at the end of the game when you know the Chiefs stopped playing, but um, you know we'll see. I, I think Watson can still do very well. But real quick into our matchup, uh, I don't want to be too long here, but 
you know, I think Sean definitely has the advantage on me in this matchup, and it's because, you know, when you look at who his players are playing versus who mine are playing, it's a little bit more difficult, right? So you got Kyler Murray going up against Detroit, which that's going to be fair very well uh, for Kyler. Well, as you saw last week, he's very good with his feet, and he's very good in the air as well. Uh, and Miles Sanders goes up against Cincinnati for him. That's going to be a huge uh, Kenyon Drake going up against Detroit as well with the Cardinals. So, you know, it's it, I think Sean has just better matchups as a result. Deshaun Watson's going up against the Steelers' D. Then you got Aaron Jones going up against that nasty New Orleans front. Uh, you know, Devontae Adams is questionable. I know if he's playing. Uh, Tyreek Hill is going up against Baltimore. I mean, I just don't have a lot of advantages here. So, uh, I, you know, it's fantasy. You never know what's going to happen. Like, I couldn't have told you that Aaron Jones was going to blow up for 45 points last week. Who would have said that, right? So, anything can happen. Um, I think a big game changer for me will be if Devontae Adams does play on Sunday. Um, against New Orleans. I think that'll be a big get for the Packers and help them as well. And I think it's also going to come down to Robert Woods. uh, I'm so bad at saying my R's and my W's. Robert Woods' performance um, against, uh, you know, the Buffalo. So we'll see what happens. But I think it's going to be a pretty good matchup between you and I. Yeah, I agree. Well, you know, you mentioned uh, injuries earlier, so I figured we'd go into them for a couple minutes. But that really plagued plagued week two. Oh, yeah. Um, a lot of a lot of dudes lost their seasons, including Saquon, Nick Bosa, and Cortland Sutton. Both all three ACLs out, and that's not the only three people that tore their ACLs to see. But uh, you know, Locke out six weeks. I've I've heard with his shoulder, and then McCaffrey. You know, a lot of people fantasy wise, that's a hit too because mm-hmm. uh, his high ankle sprain is going to put him out multiple weeks. So. There's a lot of lot of injuries, and I don't know really. I guess you kind of credit to not having a preseason and everything like that, but I think it's just I think it's also a little bit unlucky as well. I do too. I think uh, like we've you know I need to stop repeating this because I know everyone knows this, but it's just because you know COVID has shaken up the entire football schedules and you know the practicing and social distancing, and that applies to football. And so when these guys go through kind of an odd year and their bodies aren't necessarily as prepared as they would be going into such a physical game, because let's be honest, guys, the NFL is probably the most physical sport there is. I, I, I mean, I hate to say it, it's just the truth. And when you are putting your body on the line each week, you know, in and out, it's just going to be tough, man. And and I think that's what you're seeing with a lot of these guys and injuries. And uh, week two was probably one of the craziest fantasy weeks uh, that I don't want to say ever, but it was one of the craziest fantasy weeks just because a lot of guys who had some starting dudes on their team didn't even play the entirety of their game. And they're now they're out either the rest of the season or a couple weeks, right? So it's really shaken up a lot of people's teams. And it's going to be really interesting uh, to see how, you know, these fantasy owners adapt uh, when it comes to the waiver wire and the trades they try to make to make those plays. And this is when it comes down to you managing your team, right? I think the best fantasy teams are the guys who manage their league with the changes that happen in the season. It also comes down to having a good draft as well, of course, but you you have to also manage, and uh, that's what we're seeing with all these injuries. So uh, I think it's pretty self-explanatory as to why these guys are getting hurt. So No, I agree. I, I just, uh, you know, I just – we all hope that everyone just stays healthy and over the, throughout the season, and we always uh, we want to keep watching football. So uh, people need to stop going down. Uh, whether I don't know what the precautions and everything needs to happen, but everyone needs to stay healthy. But uh, we can move on to our next subject real quick, and yeah. it's very simple. Um, I mean, I, I I put this on the I put this on the episode this week before the news of you know Tyrod Taylor uh, <laughs> with the the athletic Crazy. staff 
doing something, in, injecting like a pain reliever into his ribs, and I accidentally collapsed his oh, lung. Gosh. But uh, we're gonna argue about Herbert or Tyrod, but because uh, Anthony Lynn came out and said that uh, if Tyrod's ready to play, that you know Tyrod would be the starter. But after seeing Herbert last week, man, I did, I don't know how you can go from someone else. Yeah, you know. And I'm a little biased here. I'm a Bolts guy, right? So, you know, I think it's one of those things. It's how you look at the position, right? So you drafted Justin Herbert as your seventh pick in the first round in last year's draft. Do you want to go ahead and start developing that young star into becoming a great quarterback now? Or do you want to just hold him off and kind of let him wane uh, off and it, to me, if I'm that guy, if I'm Lynn, I'm sitting there saying, I just saw my young rookie quarterback in his first ever NFL start. Didn't even know he was going to start the game until what, maybe an hour against the defending against champs. the defending champs. Exactly, not necessarily the best defense in the league, but a very talented defense to go in and to throw for 300 yards. Two, I'm pretty sure, what, two touchdowns and one rushing touchdown? And he had one horrible throw for a pick, and that was it? I mean, the kid looked amazing in his first start. And then you you follow that up with a post-game interview saying, oh, well, you know, uh, you know, it's great that he threw for 300 yards, but I'm still thinking, you know, Tyrod's our guy. After, Especially how you saw how he played week one. Tyrod didn't look that great week one, in my opinion. And I think, I think maybe, obviously, you could say maybe it's luck. For Herbert to look that good, but you you have to be honest with yourself and say you got to start developing your young talent eventually. And the only way to start developing that talent is to give them the experience. And if they're not going to get the experience, then how in the world do you expect that guy to get better? Just throw him in like you did and see what happens. I guarantee you, if you start Herbert this season and let him follow through, he will end up being a great franchise guy. That's what you drafted him for, Chargers. So let him play. No offense to Tyrod. Great guy, right? He's still a very talented quarterback, but you need to start developing that young talent already. So if I had to pick between the two, I'm going with Herbert. That's just me. Well, that's uh, straight from a Bolts fan there. So uh, we can uh, we can give you a little credit because, you know, I think a lot of there's a lot more views out there than there are people that just want Tyrod to start. Right. So, uh, I mean, it's not like this is a Super Bowl or Super Bowl or nothing year for the Chargers. I mean, they're still growing, and, they I mean, this is their guy for the future, so you got to let him play. But uh, – all right, now the time to move into our some our game analysis. Some good NFL oh, games yeah, this week, actually. Sure. Uh, our first one we're going to do Rams at Bills. Bills are a two point favorite, but uh, uh, real quick on this matchup, um, you know both of both teams are two and zero. Uh, there's a lot of two and zero teams this year mm-hmm. in the NFL, but uh, I think Josh Allen is really really settling into his position in Buffalo. I think he 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 fits the mold. Really likes him and the coach are doing well. Um, honestly, I just I'm really high on the Bills this year. You know, with the Patriots being down, I mean they're definitely a playoff team like they were last year, but they're definitely going to win that division in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And then you know, some people have forgotten about the Rams. Um, Jared Goff still, you know, he's a productive quarterback, and Rams uh, have a decent play call. I mean, decent defense. You know, Jalen Ramsey, Aaron Donald, two two of the top performers at the position, and then you got Sean McVay calling the offense. So. Yep. I mean, there's just a lot to like about this game right Yeah, here. I think it's going to be probably one of the better games on uh, Sunday, if I had to say. And, you know, also, you got to take a, in, you know, in consideration of the Rams, you know, health right now. So you got Joe, you got the left guard, Joe Noboom, by the way. His calf is hurt after that game. Darius Williams, his Achilles. And then Cam Akers and Malcolm Brown both are injured, and they all mispracticed uh, today due to injuries. And I'm not worried about Aaron Donald and Andrew Whitworth. You know, I saw that they took a rest day today as well, but I'm not 
not sure that they're actually injured. Uh, but the other guys are listed as questionable, and those are all, those are four stars right there off the bat that contribute, and they're not they're they're day to day listed as questionable for Sunday. So if you have an NFL team that comes into a game with four uh, starters that contribute, you know, each week, and they're not going to play, that's that's kind of an issue. And don't get me wrong, the Rams still have a lot of weapons on that team, of course. But like you know, Sean said it really well. I think Josh Allen is kind of finding his element, finding his groove in the NFL. You saw that last season in the playoffs. He started looking like a really good QB and a lot of people said at the beginning of the season he's going to be a really good quarterback uh, to end this season and I couldn't help but agree man I love Allen I like how that Bills offense is looking I love the addition of Stephon Diggs and, and I love for anybody who has Stephon Diggs on their fantasy team uh, I thought that was a steal because I'm almost certain he fell pretty far because everyone was still kind of in question well what's going to happen when he goes to the Bills offense and he's only played fantastic in the first two weeks um, and I still think he's a great receiver so uh, that's a little off topic but overall in this game I think it's just going to come down to how both teams adapt to whatever is being thrown on them on offense and it's going to be more of a defensive game in my opinion who plays better on defense will be the game changer in this game okay all right we're going to move to uh, Sunday night football with uh, the pack and the Saints are playing um, the Saints are favored by three points in this game uh, Aaron Rodgers is uh, hot mm-hmm. right now. He's, uh, I think the Packers are hot. I mean, you know, a lot of people seem to forget 13, 13 and three last mm-hmm. year. Um, really the forgotten team. Uh, Breeze looks like he's struggling a little bit, you know. He looked lost without Michael Thomas, and Michael Thomas isn't going to play in this game more mm-hmm. than likely. But uh, the Saints are at home, so that makes a little bit of a difference. But uh, I think uh, the, the Packers are – Way too hot right now, and I, I I don't know who I'm going to pick, but <laughs> the Saints at home's tough. But I mean, this matchup is pretty interesting though for a Sunday. But night see, matchup. here's the thing: are the Saints at home tough without a crowd there? You know what I mean? I know they still mimic the audio noise. It's still the dome. And it's still their home turf and their in their dome, right? But it's just to me, I take a hot Aaron Rodgers any day of the week. Like you said, 13-3 last season, they have so much talent on the board. I think Devontae Adams playing will make a difference for them if he does play, and obviously I would love for that as for my Dynasty League for our podcast that we discuss, I would love for him to play. Um, and I just think, you know, when the Packers are hot, man, they're really tough to beat. And, uh, and you know, this game, the spread's only, you know, Saints are favored by three, and I just, you know, I don't see that happening I mean, i'm not trying to pick i just it's very tough for me to go with the saints after seeing drew Brees and his in his uh kind of a weird spell the last two weeks he's not a bad quarterback by any means we all know drew Brees is he's got it in him uh, it's just a matter of when will we see that that classic drew Brees come into action right so uh, i think this will be a very interesting game uh, i think the saints will obviously step up on defense it's going to be about that offense though without michael thomas and what they can do yeah well, go ahead. I'll let you. Uh, tell yeah. So our, our next, next game. Is yeah. Be... It's gonna... oh, go I'm ahead. sorry. Did I interrupt you? I thought you were letting me lead the whole thing, man. I was nah, excited. I was like, it's go finally ahead, my first time to give our game. Nah, you got it. Go I ahead. love it. The, the next matchup. I fun. love it. Yeah. So one, of, probably the most exciting offensive explosion we will see on Sunday is our third game. We've got Kansas City at Baltimore. Baltimore is actually favored three and a half this game. Um, and you know what? I I think if you really want to watch, uh, if you love watching football from an offensive perspective, 
great for you. I think most people do, and you're going to have a great time watching this one because this will be an absolute offensive battle, in my opinion. And don't get me wrong, the teams are both, you know, the Chiefs and Ravens respectively are very talented on defense as well. But I'll be honest with you, man, I, I, you can't help watching a Lamar Jackson and a Patrick Mahomes matchup. I mean, that is just, it's so much fun to watch. It's probably going to be my favorite game of the week uh, as other NFL fans. And, uh, it, you know, I'm not going to go with my pick now, but I think it's going to come down to who has the better play calling in this game. Obviously, you can say that about any game, but really and truthfully, uh, who's going to command their troops and their weapons to give them the advantage and the edge over their uh, their, their opponents, right? And that's that's kind of really going to come what's going to come down to it for me. Um, I think uh, you know it's already hard enough to scheme around Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson already. So how are these defenses going to react, and that's going to really be the game changer for me. Yeah, you know, man, this is the battle battle of the MVPs here. I mean, like you said, it's an awesome matchup, but. Lamar versus Patty. I mean, this has just got a Monday night ring to it, right? I mean, uh, Baltimore defense has been really dominant the past two weeks. Um, I'm very interested to see, you know, um, Kansas City got off to a really slow, slow start last week against a pretty good defense in the Chargers. So uh, I think that's something to take note of. But I think the Chiefs here, you know, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire needs to have a better game, and then the Chiefs need to control the ball more. You know, to, to lim- you need to limit – the object for these defenses is to limit the amount of times that Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson touch mm-hmm. the football as mm-hmm. far as drives and that for perspective. Sure. But I think the, the, be, the, the defense that does that best is going to win this game, and I, I'm really looking forward to these NFL Me games too. this Me week. Too, man. It's going to be a good one. Well, you know – it's our last segment coming up. I'm pretty excited yeah, for man, it. Yeah, man, I am too. we got the old diesel coming on, baby. I hope he's ready. All right, man. Let's do it. It's time for segment three. That means, uh, you know, this is our famous betting segment, headed up by the Diesel, who is here this week with us again. And uh, go ahead. Yes, sir. Hot takes week three. We're back, baby. And y'all know what time it is. It's a big, big week this week. You know, we got some real football on the horizon. Yeah, we went over <laughs> this earlier. Yes, it's uh, it's SEC weekend. Oh, yeah, man. I, I hope everybody out there is listening, getting ready for this weekend. It is going to be a big one. Uh, people down south, we're all excited. But I'm actually heading uh, heading north this weekend. Going to go visit a buddy up in D.C., watch some football. Going up there, he moved up there for his job, and I haven't been up there to visit yet. I've actually never been, so we're going to have a good time Saturday. Uh, don't text, don't call from about 8 a.m. to to midnight. <laughs> going to see the dirt? Oh, yeah, going to see the dirt. Nice yes, job, Sam. But, um, all right, well, uh, tell us what, what happened last week on the big board. Yeah, well, you know, last week – we went one and one on the big board, and that's you know not ideal, not what we're trying to do. You you would have went even if you would have played both my plays evenly, just about. Um, we had three plays on the big board, but you know they canceled the Baylor game that we had a good edge on. That was pretty unfortunate. I, I really thought Baylor was going to cover last week. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll we'll talk about the Bills a little bit. I had the Bills <laughs> covering the five and a half against the uh, the Dolphins last week, and with about two minutes left in the game, they were covering that five and a half. And you know Fitz Magic, he's He's the king of scoring meaningless touchdowns. Yes, uh, we can we can both uh, account to that. Sitting there and watching that, it was uh, <laughs> it was pretty dreadful. Yep. I mean, Fitzpatrick, you know, all you got to do is not score. I mean, you could even have a field goal if you want. I think. <laughs> yep. 
But he drives his, back doors. Yep, drives his team down to the field, scoring a meaningless touchdown that they didn't need. And that's that Fitz magic at work, baby. Come on now, give it to him. <laughs> it's two a time. But uh, right, right. anyways, oh Man, uh, that's two plays this year that we've had win but not cover. So <laughs> we're we're gonna try to get them on pace this week. I've got a pretty big, big pretty big big board ready to go. roll this week. We'll go for it. But I'm gonna go for it. But I got to let you guys know that the teaser of the week last week cashed again. Oh. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Yes, sir. That's a 2-0 and start on teasers, and we'll be coming at y'all with a college football teaser this week, ready to get to the window again. I'm liking it. I'm liking it. Yes, sir. So, on the page this year, we're 8-4 and four on football plays. The big board plays were about even on the show, roughly. You know, hadn't been off to a hot start on the show, but this week's going to be the week. We're going 3-0 and o this week, Sean. I'm feeling it. I, I need it, actually. I really need it. You know, I'm we at, all do. I'm, my, uh, my betting account is at best when it's at zero. So uh, <laughs> we, uh, we, uh, we live for the sweat, so we're going to continue to do that. But uh, what do you want to do now? You want to go ahead and go over the big board? Well, as we said, the teaser hit last week. Chiefs, Niners. Niners were easy. Chiefs were a sweat. You know, <laughs> oh, yeah, there always are. Butker, man. Butker, what a man. I mean, what guy, a dog. <laughs> he is an absolute dog. Butker's the man. And like we said, the Dirk, best kicker in the league. Yeah. He's preaching yep. it all year. So. The Dirk has been saying that. We'll see if that's true. But yeah, let's get into the big board, man. You know, this week I'm going with a college football teaser. We've got Alabama favored by 28 over Mizzou. We're going to tease them back to about 21. You know, I'll, I like the 28, but. Some of the teams that have been big favorites have been struggling, you know, this season so far. So teasing that back makes me really comfortable. I lay Alabama at 21 over Missouri on any field, any time, mm-hmm. any place, anywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I might lay that number if Bama was starting their second team. But, <laughs> you know, you hope that Alabama gets out early in that game and controls the game without much problem. You know, I like 45-10. I like, you know, 50-something to 17 in that game. I yeah. think Alabama covers pretty easily. And then we're going to look at uh, at Miami against the Florida State boys. I know Colton's going to like this one. Oh, yeah. Uh, we're, we're taking Miami, man. That offense is dynamic. They put up 40-something points against Louisville last week. Mm-hmm. You know, they beat UAB pretty easily week one. And Florida State's just a dumpster fire. We all know that. <laughs> yes. Yes, they are. And on top that. of that, I hate to interrupt. On top of that, now you don't even have your head coach showing up to right. this matchup because he has COVID. COVID so. so it's like, goodness gracious. Absolutely <laughs> lovely. So Alabama at 21, Miami at 4. Take that one to the bank. College football teaser. I think this one's going to cash. I do too, man. That's a good picture right there. Uh, dude, Miami. Miami. I feel comfortable with Miami at 11. Honestly. Right. Right. I do too. So, yeah. yeah, we'll see what happens. Miami, Florida State's just going to have to beat me there. Yeah, no and I don't know if they can. Because <laughs> I mean, right. they can't beat a lot of people right now, so I don't know if they can, Dane. I really don't. Oh, yeah. Right, but we got a couple NFL plays on the big board as well this week. Uh, got one we really love and one we're a little nervous about, but we, we love it too. So I'll start with the one we really, really love. <laughs> and this one is Tampa Bay over Denver at minus six. I'm absolutely loving this game. Denver is off to an 0-2 start. They've been bit by the injury bug hard with Sutton, Locke, Phillip. They're all out. And so their offense hasn't been productive at all, even you know without some of the injuries. 30th in points per game so far this year. 27th in yards per play. 27th in sacks allowed. I just – I really just don't see it happening. Brady's fired up. <laughs> He doesn't want to fall to one and two. You know, Tampa Bay's on a mission if they want to be competitive in that division. They're mm-hmm. going up there with a mission, man. And so, to me, this one just screams all Brady. You know, I've been told and I've learned over the years if uh, 
if a bet screams that it's too good, then you should run, run, run. Mm. But I can't run away from this one, you know. We're talking about Blake Bortles or Jeff Driscoll playing quarterback for Denver against Tom Brady. <laughs> I I got the Bucks by 10. You know, they had the Bucks at seven points last week against the Panthers. They won 31-17. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know, Tampa Brady, you know, he likes posting his, uh, his win – Twitter uh, video, you know, after they win, I mean, he, I think, I think he had, enjoys that, and uh, honestly, I think they get another one, like you said, he's going to get to post again on uh, Sunday or Monday. I think yeah, that video I just, fuels. I think that video fuels Brady. Oh, he he's just like it. he wants I to win, just so he's like, oh man, when I get back on Monday, you know, back in from the day at the office, I can just post this awesome video for everybody to see on Twitter. That's why I think he's going to TV twelve, man. Yeah. Oh yeah. What's your next play? Well, on the next play, we've been looking at this one. We like Arizona this week against Detroit. And the uh, five and a half, this line actually came out at three and a half. By the time the show drops Friday, there might be a chance that this game is at a touchdown, to be honest with you, maybe six, six and a half. I wouldn't take it past seven for sure. But, you know, I mentioned that this game kind of made me nervous a little bit. That's that's because teams that start 0-2 against the spread in the NFL over the last, you know, 15, 20 years – are roughly 68 to 70% against the spread in week three, those teams starting off 0-2. Mm-hmm. So Detroit, you know, they're 0-2 against the spread, so they're looking to turn things around. But they're traveling to Arizona, and I don't know what y'all are thinking, but I, Arizona has been beyond impressive to me. Oh, for sure. I think uh, I think Kyler Murray's kind of shown everybody, like, man, he, he's got – I swear, it's like he's got Barry Sanders' feet, man. I don't know what it is. That joker's just crazy on his feet. <laughs> so. Fast. I mean, people are already hollering some MVP uh, talk around for Kyler Murray. It's unbelievable. It's you know, this guy's looking like only. a genius right now because he practically – wouldn't have a job had he stayed playing baseball. <laughs> yeah, for real. I mean, I'll be honest. I thought he was going to play baseball. It's like that. It will be such a mistake. And man, am I glad to see that he chose football? I think we all are, to be honest with you. So oh, yeah, that was a great decision by him. You know, it's it's going to pay off too when he gets the big deal here, mm-hmm. not too long from now. But uh, looking at this game, D- Detroit, their defense, they give up 27 to Trubisky in Week One. They give up 42 to the Packers. You know, in Week Two. That's pretty rough. Their offense only scoring 23 and 21. So when I'm looking at this game, researching this game, I've got Arizona scoring 30, 35 points. We all know Detroit can score. They got a few injuries around, but I think old Kenny's coming back this week for Stafford, Mm -hmm. another weapon. Mm -hmm. Sean probably needs him for fantasy, right? I might have to start him this week. (laughs) Speaking of fantasy, I should have been hosting the uh, fantasy (laughs) segment this week after uh, starting off 2-0 against these bums on the podcast. Yeah, man, Diesel took down me week one, and he took down Sean week two. Nothing like 2-0 in the money league. Backdoor. Here I come. should be my last name. Yes, sir. But, yep. (laughs) Like I said, I'm looking for the Cards to be 5-0 and in two weeks after this week. They're, they're playing the Jets and the Panthers after these games. I've got them covering this, and uh, I'm looking for them to be one of the big stories in the NFL this year. The Cardinals, that offense with D-Hop is something else. Mm-hmm. I agree, man. I think right. So uh, the big board this week uh, will consist of the uh, college football teaser, which uh, will get Alabama down to 21, a three-touchdown favorite, and then uh, Miami down to a four-point favorite. And then your NFL plays, correct if I'm wrong, is uh, Arizona minus five and a half. He says he wouldn't take it. When, if it got to seven by Friday, don't you don't have to take this. But uh, what was the other one? The other one was Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay minus six, correct? Yes, sir. Minus six against uh, the bum Denver Broncos. But uh, – well, that being said, Colin, it's time for us to pick some games. Man, I'm, games I'm glad Dane slammed. gave me some insight there. I, I, mean, I love it that we have this ahead of time. I just, I, it gives me my knowledge I need to just outpick Sean every single week, man. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, you know, Colton, it's, uh, I'm going to let you go first, but this first one is uh, 
Florida minus 14 and a half. Yeah, so uh, I'll be honest with you guys. Uh, I, I talked about it a little bit earlier as well when we covered these this matchup, but I think this line's a little stinky, man. I, I think that uh, Ole Miss can surprise a lot of people in this matchup, and uh, I think you know when it's that game one in the SEC, uh, when the rust has not been knocked off yet, we've never seen SEC opponents really start out playing each other in, in a traditional format, right? So I'm going to actually have Ole Miss covering this 14 and a half. I think, I think Florida can still win. I think they will still win, uh, but 14 and a half, man, uh, that's a little that's a little questionable for me. So I'm going to pick Ole Miss to cover that, but the Gators to win. Good pick, Colton. Good pick. Yes, sir. Yeah, I'm taking uh, – I'm definitely – I think you're on the right side of the, the line here. But uh, I, I'm definitely taking 14 – plus 14 and a half for Ole Miss. But if Ole Miss gets out to a hot start, you might uh, you might have to check them off for winning outright in this game, Ooh, honestly. I don't know. A little bit of an upset. But uh, don't let don't let John Reese Plumley get started and then Lane Train's able to call anything in his playbook. The Lane I mean, Train? I, I, I don't even think I've ever heard that. <laughs> the Lane Train. I'll, I'll yeah, tell you one thing. Dane's, Dane's, got a, Dane's got a couple trends for us here in this. Uh, oh, give it to me. I was just going to throw in there on this one that Ole Miss is 5-1 and one, their last six against the spread versus Florida. So this might be a really good pick if you're betting trends. Yeah, I'll never forget. Real quick, I remember – Back in 08, national championship season in Florida, I'm sitting up top with my dad, Connor Balch, Kyle Balch, and uh, man, I'm like the biggest Tebow guy ever, right? I got my Tebow Heisman 15 shirt on. I've got the the uh, black. Uh, what, what do we call that uh, under your eyes? It's the uh, the paint, I guess you could say. Uh, yeah, I, I got my eye black going, man. I got John 316. Right? I'm like the miniature Tebow, right? I'm, I'm in love. And I remember watching that Ole Miss Florida match of that year. The the Rebels were the only loss that the Gators uh, suffered that year when they won the national championship. And it, it's something almost similar to Auburn, where Ole Miss always has Florida's number when they play and it's the same way with Auburn and uh you know for, for the Gators so I think this game's gonna be pretty close man I, I don't you see you have something in your mouth what do you what do you mean no I'm just uh, is Tim Tino's Tim Tebow's winner look as any Gator <laughs> I was like what are you talking I mean, about let's be honest Tim Tebow does not have the platform he does today if Cam Newton doesn't oh, steal a laptop god yeah I mean, well you know yeah. Cam Newton doesn't steal oh, a laptop oh you're crazy I mean oh, wait. We've already discussed Tim this. Working at Publix. We can have a I mean, what's, what are you talking about? Did you, did you guys just hear him say he thinks Tebow will be working at Publix? Tebow's a Publix bag boy. Oh, y'all yeah. are insane. Cam Newton doesn't, doesn't steal a laptop. You know, we're, this is a whole different subject. But uh, oh, we're going to move on, gosh, obviously. Guys, this is to, I mean, incredible. This is incredible. We're going to move on to a real football team. And uh, <laughs> it's going to be my eighth-ranked Tigers, you know. I really look forward to uh, – Bo Nix and this offense. Bo Nix returns a lot of his weapons as far as receivers and running backs. Uh, we do lose uh, Booby Whitlow, but um, with that being said, I think uh, DJ Williams and Tank Bisbee are going to be really well. But uh, I'm looking for Auburn to open this game up in the fourth quarter uh, yeah. with a couple uh, taking a couple shots in the fourth quarter with Bo Nix and uh, Seth Williams. But I like the Tigers here, minus seven and a half. Yeah, you know, I think this is actually going to be a very interesting game. We we sounded high on Kentucky earlier, obviously. I think they're definitely one of those dark horses that people kind of overlook. And we, we most people could agree that I think the West is a little bit stronger division than the East. No offense to anybody in the East here, but, uh, you know, I think – I it, think everyone knows uh, that. Exactly. Part. Yeah, do you, so, you know, we were, we were talking about it earlier. I think that's just the overall consensus in the past couple seasons, right? But I think Kentucky and Terry Wilson can surprise a lot of people. Uh, but I just think, you know, looking at Auburn, I think they just have a little bit more talent there. I think it's a little bit safer to say that Auburn could cover that 7.5. But I'll be honest, man, it's really it's scary for me to because to, I, I don't know why I feel a little uncomfortable because I do think the Wildcats will do really well in this game. 
Uh, but I'm also going to take Auburn 7.5 because I think they have a lot of offensive weapons as well, especially with Seth Williams, Schwartz, and uh, some other guys. So I'm going to go with Auburn as well. Yeah, Dane, you weren't here earlier, but uh, I took Kentucky to win the East this year. Is that right? Yeah, I, that, and talk I, about that's a hot take right there. Don't I think they, have, I think the they have one loss, and it's uh, it's this weekend. Oh gosh, He's, I think they're going to run through the so East. Sean is very Kentucky. Out of control, I don't know you. Kentucky. A lot of ret- returning starters. Hey, they're seven and one. Their last eight games yeah. against the spread. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, you're right. Vegas is Vegas is begging people to take Kentucky take with that hook. Yeah, <laughs> that, that seven and a half. They're yeah. begging. I'm not buying it. I think Auburn's going to win that game by double digits. I agree. Well, you know, we rooting get the move. for Kentucky though. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm definitely rooting for Kentucky. Hey, game it's decent. us against the world. <laughs> I mean, my boy Chase knows that. The Dirk's going to listen to this. I mean, Auburn is a storied program. But, uh, anyways, we can move on to our next pick. It's going to be uh, Florida State at Miami with Miami minus uh, 11. I think we're both on the same Yeah, let me let me lead here. this one because, you know, we, we have our rule. I don't want to, you know, I'll, I want to make sure I go first sometimes. You go first sometimes. But, yeah, you, got, you, got uh, you know, I, I think this one is pretty – we don't have to cover this one very often. No offense to the Knowles here, but you don't, have your, you don't have your coach, right? Your quarterback hasn't looked very good in his first start. Uh, the Seminoles are going to have a lot to prove in this game. And, you know, I think the only thing that could help is the emotions of being in a rivalry game right against the Hurricanes. Uh, it, it usually is a very fun game to watch because they go out, these Florida teams, you know, that Florida high school football rivalry that always comes out. A lot of these kids play each other in high school, and then they come to these teams and play in college. Uh, but, man, I'll be honest with you, I just think Miami, they look so strong, especially after that Louisville game we saw last week. Uh, I, I really, it's it's hard not to pick Miami to cover that eleven, uh, and I think they will. So I'm gonna go with Miami with the eleven favorite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely agree there. Um, you got any NFL trends uh, for this game? Hey, yeah, go and give games? it to us. Go and give it to oh, us. Games. Y'all go ahead and pick, and then I'll I'll throw you guys. <laughs> oh, right. come on, baby. I was okay, hoping I'd get okay, some. Okay, okay. All right. Well, I'm I'm gonna go first with this one. Um, I uh, you know, this is this is tough. Bills Rams. I mean, uh, two really good teams. Uh, I think I'm gonna take. I like. I like the Rams minus two. I mean, not the Rams. The Bills minus two here. Uh, personally, I think they got a, a little bit more talent um, on the uh, offensive side of the ball, and I think that's really gonna help them. But uh, I think their defense is really up to par too. So. I'm going to take the Bills minus two. They're hot. Yeah, you know, we've already talked about Allen earlier. I think Josh Allen's kind of obviously settling into that element a little bit, uh, becoming kind of that guy that everyone expected him to be. And uh, the Bills are looking really strong. And the only thing that makes it, you know, very iffy for me, for the Rams, we talked about that injury bug biting them with Brown and Akers. Those guys kind of looking iffy. Uh, I know we talked, you know, Aaron Donald sat out of practice today. I think he'll end up being fine by Sunday, regardless if he's hurt or not. We don't know but um you know I'm also going to go with the Bills minus two I think you you know you want to take the hot team and I I do have faith in Allen from what I've seen this uh this you know the past two games and uh I'm going to go with the Bills minus two as well oh yeah I'm thinking right around the same as you guys on that game you know I I like how efficient Josh Allen has been I really do but here's a pretty cool trend I found this one last week when I was researching the Rams you know as a as a sports better or as a football better especially and in the NFL, this matters a lot. Teams that travel across the country from the east or west coast on a shorter rest, like, you know, traveling across the entire United States. Like, for example, last week the Rams were heading out to Philadelphia. And that made me, you know, hesitant to bet on the Rams last week, even though I liked them a lot. And they ended up winning. But this trend that I found is pretty dang cool. Sean McVay, when heading to the east coast for a noon kickoff, 
has never lost against the Wow. Spirit. Oh, my gosh. Man, why, why can I hear weeks? this before? So, so can I change my pick? Can I say, hey, Rams, um, you know, plus two here? I don't mean that. This could be the one, though. You got to say it now. No, no, I'm sticking I'm sticking no, with no. the Bills. Minus two. I got faith in all. Well, it's your turn for the uh, Packers and Saints. Yeah, yeah. You know, I like this game a lot. I think it's going to be really interesting. We've seen Breeze kind of in a weird funk, you know, Michael Thomas being out. It'll be really interesting to see if he can make that adjustment because, I like Sean said earlier, I don't know if Thomas is going to be this in this game either uh, he'll probably most likely still be out so uh, and we like how the Packers have looked the last two weeks I think when Aaron Rodgers is feeling it man he's feeling it and uh, you know you know you could talk about how Saints being at home would usually be an advantage but I, I'll be honest the crowd's not going to really be there I know they mimic that noise in the stadium to kind of give the players that feel of the crowd being there but without those without those Saints fans there I just don't think it's the same element for them so I like the Packers uh, I think that they're going to end up you know the minus three for the Saints just I don't think that's you know good enough for me so I'm gonna have to go with the Packers in this one yeah Rodgers Rodgers and Packers outright Plus three. I mean, they're going to win this game. Yep. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of underdog value in the Packers this week. But, you know, don't think for one second the Saints aren't going to be ready. They're going to be ready. They're going to put up a fight. But you don't make Aaron Rodgers an underdog in primetime and expect it to not be a good game. Right. It's going to be competitive. And I'm honestly taking this as my underdog of the week. The Packers are a live dog all day long. Mm -hmm. I agree. Agree. Now we get to move on to our uh, fun matchup. And uh, it's going to be – Kansas City at Baltimore, minus three and a half for Baltimore. I literally wrote down on my page, I do not know. <laughs> I Huge, don't dude. either, man. Huge. But dude. here's what we're going to do. I'm going to flip a coin real quick. Oh, don't do All that. Right? Don't do that. Hey, come on. Kansas City is going to be heads. Baltimore is going to be tails. Oh, this no. is heads. That's tails. All right. <laughs> We're going with the Chiefs plus three and a half. Mahomes magic, baby. Chiefs plus three and a half. Well, I will not do the coin flip. I knew who I wanted to pick. And actually, I'll be honest, I was going to take the Chiefs three and a half. Uh, as well. I, I think it's just hard to pass up the Chiefs in this game. Don't get me wrong, the Ravens have a tremendous offensive attack, and we're going to talk about this. this is going to be one of the most fun offensive you know, showdowns of the season, if not the best of the season. And uh, It's just, I, I love Kansas City. I think they're going to be a really good t- uh, take in this one. I think uh, the reason is it's three and a half in Baltimore's favors. I think that's what the betters are trying to get everybody to take, and I think uh, I'm going to go with the Chiefs in this one, three and a half, to cover. Or it's not to cover, you know, whatever. Well, go ahead. You got any trends for that yeah, one? Yeah, I got a little bit on this game. I, you know, this is probably the hardest. As as a better picking a side on this game, Lead you probably just don't want to do Lead it. it you know, if if you want to make a bet on this game, I probably just lay the over and and try to watch these guys light up the scoreboard. I'm not very impressed with the Chiefs' defense last week against Herbert. They, and then also I didn't see the fire in Mahomes in the offense. You know, Mahomes, the four hundred million dollar man. I don't know if he's so fired up anymore with a ring on his finger. <laughs> I'm not I sure, but they, like I said, this game is tough to pick. Kansas City's 10-1 and one, their last 11 against the spread, so they had won 10 games in a row before they didn't cover against the spread last week. And uh, Baltimore's 14-1 and one straight up their last 15, so you got a pretty insane matchup here, you know. Like, Mahomes is an underdog. Like we said, Raji is an underdog. It's, it's hard, hard, hard to bet against that, but, you know, 
I'm thinking Ravens. Yeah, what's the uh, what's the over under on this one? Is it 53 and a half? I believe 54? it was around 55, 53, somewhere in yeah, there. Yeah, I think that's a good 53 that's a lot and of half. points. Yeah, that's oh, yeah, a, a lot of points. A lot of, a lot of points. points. But I mean, can't, we're going to probably see a lot of points be scored, right? So I mean, that's that it makes sense. Yeah, so. Lamar's hungry to go beat Mahomes. He's going to put up a, a big game this week. Mm-hmm. I agree, but uh, that's going to do it with uh, our content for the. But we, we add a little extra. We got about a minute. But uh, Colton, go ahead. I wrote it down. But what's uh, your favorite game day meal? Oh man, you know uh, the, when I think of football, uh, the very first thing I think of is waking up on a Saturday morning uh, after a Friday night football game in high school. I'm bruised up. I'm nasty. I'm like I'm so groggy. Right? I'm tired. And I smell the boiled peanuts on the pot in the morning. Derek Wall uh, has them going for me. And uh, I love boiled peanuts on a Saturday watching football. There's nothing like it. It's my favorite. Um, on top, The audience, if you just threw up, it's okay. I did too. Yeah, he sounds like my dad. I'll <laughs> <laughs> be honest, guys. I mean, it's the best thing. And uh, you call me old all you want, but there's nothing that beats southern boiled peanuts. So uh, that, that's got to be probably my favorite thing is some boiled peanuts on a Saturday morning, Saturday afternoon watching football, especially SEC football. So. Okay, well, you know, game day tailgating tradition, you know. You wake up, and if you're not up by the time that Herbie says his first word on the show, you're late. I mean, that's just, that is just tradition. Someone's going to tell you all how we do it in Troy. And, uh, you know, you wake up, and guess what? On your way to go to wherever you're tailgating or watching game day, you swing by Chick-fil-A. You grab yourself a nice chicken biscuit, and you grab yourself a little mixer, uh, preferably lemonade. And then you take it to the take it to wherever you're staying, and then you fill a nice glass of mimosa to drink while you're watching game day. And then when the games start, that's when you whip out my favorite meal, which is a buffalo chicken dip uh, with some fried chicken wings from Publix. Man, so that's, that's how that's how bad. my spreads that's how my spreads got to be. Yeah, Dave, what about you, man? Tell me your what's your gig on a well, Saturday? Man, Sean pretty much summed it up. You know, me and him on game day, we we're always you know going to get that Chick Fil A biscuit to start the day. That's that's always a big move. But I figured I'd share with y'all what we got planned on the spread for this Saturday. You know, like oh, I said, oh man, I'm watch the Dirk's got going on. We've been shouting out the Dirk like crazy this week, man. He's gonna have to send us some money. Yes, <laughs> all this uh, advertising we're giving the Dirk, old Chase. But uh, this week. Noon kickoff. We're gonna have a little rotel, little frozen pizza, little uh, little uh, pigs in the blanket. You know, get things rolling, and then uh, when we get into the night slate, I think we're gonna make some burgers, man. You know, all oh, the classics. Yes. Not I know bad. how to make a great burger. You know, I still, Sean, I still remember uh, that one Saturday you came and visited me and JT Duncan yeah, you with old Bizzle, man. That was, a, that was a good time. We had burgers on the grill watching some football that weekend, too. That was yeah. fun. I hope, you're a better, I hope you're a better cook now. Oh, let me tell you something, man. Those burgers, it was not the cook. It was the burgers. That's all I'm going to say. I can cook really. <laughs> I promise you, ladies and gentlemen, I'm the best cook in this podcast. I'll be honest with you right now. No one can outcook oh. me. So, And if, if that's up for debate, I would love for us to have some spreads laid out of our own cooking Hot takes with. cook off game day cook I'm off. with it man I'm with it so <laughs> yes sir but anyways I think that's gonna do it for this week it was a real fun episode and uh, y'all guys just keep listening I know I've got a couple text messages this week about people saying that they're gonna listen and it's just really nice to have and uh, I'm looking forward to watching football this weekend
Yeah, man, me oh, yeah, too. Let's make some money, baby. Let's make some money. I love oh, it. Yes. Hey, thanks, guys, for listening, man. We really appreciate you guys. And while we have you, uh, make sure you're following on Twitter. Uh, you know, give us a like on Facebook. We really appreciate you guys. And, uh, you know, share it, share it also, man. We, we want to try to reach as many people as we can. We love doing this. Uh, we know a lot of people love uh, football in general. And for us just to have, you know, just more of you guys, that'd be awesome to the Hot Takes family. So we appreciate you oh, guys yes. tuning in. 100%. Like, share, favorite, everything. But uh, that's going to do it. And uh, y'all have a good uh, weekend and safe weekend watching football. All right, fellas. Peace out, guys. This is Hot Takes on the Gridiron with Big Sean and Seawall.